Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Good morning. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, we'll begin in uh, verse 26 today. It's got a short, shorter text than last week. <laughs> Um, I know I kind of went long last week, so. Um, Last week, we looked at a text where Jesus was telling his disciples that they would face persecution. So what would the natural response be? They might be afraid. Just as we might be afraid. We're told we're going to face persecution And so how does Jesus then follow up? After he tells the disciples they're going to face persecution, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He cared about them. And he wanted to give them reasons why they shouldn't be afraid. And he wants to give us reasons why we shouldn't be afraid to follow him. Persecution comes. The world looking at Christians, when we talk about persecution, uh, I've seen it in uh, social media and other places where secular people look at Christians talking about persecution and think they must have a persecution complex. Okay, if you know what I mean by that. Um, Well, it's understandable why we might have such a persecution complex, because Jesus told us we would be persecuted. (laughs) It's only natural. And the church has faced it. It is much worse in many, many other countries than it is today. You go to sub-Saharan Africa. You go to uh, China. And and places like that, they they have it much, much worse than we have it here in the United States. Um, But persecution has been a part of the experience of the church since the very beginning. We look at the book of Acts. The very first Christian martyr was Stephen. Stephen was one of the uh, deacons that were chosen, those first deacons that were chosen. And he was preaching, and uh, they didn't like what he was saying, and they stoned him. He was the first Christian martyr. We read in church history about a man named Polycarp. Polycarp uh, was... uh, most likely a a disciple of John, the disciple. And he was uh, what they they called a bishop in the city of Smyrna. Smyrna was one of the churches that John wrote to in the book of, well, that that John wrote down Jesus' words to in the book of Revelation. And uh, Polycarp, when he was an old man, um, was uh, turned in to the government and they brought him into the, to the uh, stadium in order to be burned alive. Um, the proconsul, I'm going to read some of what, uh, what it says. The proconsul, the governor, governing, governing official there, continued, swear and I will let you go. Reproach Christ, is what the proconsul said. Polycarp turned to the proconsul and boldly declared, 86 years I have served him. He has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? The proconsul urged him again, swear by the fortune of Caesar 
But Polycarp replied, Since you vainly think that I will swear by the fortune of Caesar, as you say, and pretend not to know who I am, listen carefully. I am a Christian. The proconsul threatened, I have wild beasts. I'll throw you to them if you do not repent. Polycarp replied, Call them, for we cannot repent from what is better to what is worse. But it is noble to turn from what is evil to what is righteous. Then the proconsul threatened Polycarp with fire, but he responded, You threaten me with a fire that burns an hour and is soon quenched. For you are ignorant of the fire of the coming judgment and eternal punishment stored up for the ungodly. But why do you delay? Do what you want. The tradition tells us that uh, Polycarp was then set ablaze and yet his body didn't burn. And they were being impatient for, uh, because he, he, wasn't die, he wasn't dying quick enough. So they, uh, they stabbed him. And that was what finally killed him. We, we see those examples in church history, but they still happen today. And I'm not talking about the United States, but in, in February of uh, 2015, there was a video released, and maybe many of us remember this video. There were 21 Coptic Christians, these are Egyptian Christians, who were led out on a beach in orange jumpsuits by ISIS, and they were beheaded for being Christians. Just as Jesus said would happen, It has continued to happen throughout the world. Christians have suffered persecution. And then to come to home, we can think of many different cases. But maybe consider the case of Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips uh, is a Christian baker. He bakes designer wedding cakes for people's weddings. He... he, uh, was approached by someone who he'd made cakes before and then was asked to do a wedding cake for them, but this cake was for a gay wedding. And he felt that by doing that, he would be using his artistic talents to celebrate something he believed was a lie. So they sued him, and in 2018, he won his case in the Supreme Court. This is a 7-2 decision. Well, right after he won his case... Someone came to him with another request for another cake. And now he's still involved in another lawsuit over almost the same thing. And we can think of other people like Melissa. uh, Melissa, um, I can't remember her last name, but the the Sweet Cakes by Melissa uh, up in Washington State. And we can think of... of, um, Barano Stutzman, who was a, a, a florist. And we can think of all those kinds of cases. Christians do suffer persecution here at home, too. They can go after our livelihoods. They can go after all kinds of things. So, we could be afraid. We could be. But Jesus says... Don't be afraid. Let's look at our text beginning in verse 26. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will be revealed, that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. 
And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are of more value than than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But everyone who denies me before men, I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, give me strength as I preach your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The point of this text, Jesus says, as we go into a world as sheep in the midst of wolves, we are not to be afraid. Now, fear comes. We often get afraid by many different things. Which is why we need Jesus' words. We need, to be, we need to be reminded of Jesus' words so that when we get afraid, we have the calm assurance of His words telling us, I'm with you. You don't have to be afraid. The first reason that Jesus gives for why we should not be afraid is in verse 26. He says, so have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Look at the grammar here of the text again. So have no fear of them. That's the command for this word for here is telling us this is the reason why. The reason why is nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not also be that will not be known. What Jesus is telling us, we don't have to be afraid because one day the truth will be known. One day we will be vindicated. When we hear these words, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known, we could actually become afraid by that. When we think of our sin, when we think of how we have sometimes failed Him, We can think one of these days we will stand before God and everything we've ever done will be revealed. But Jesus didn't give that as something to scare us. No, He's telling us this because He wants us to be encouraged. The truth is, people lie about us. They lied about the early Christians. People, uh, the early Christians were accused of being cannibals because of the Lord's Supper. (laughs) They were accused because they had uh, what they called love feasts where they would fellowship together. They They were accused of all kinds of sexual immorality. And today, we stand on God's Word and we say, a man can't be a woman. That's not just God's Word. That's science too. <laughs> we, we say uh, what the Bible says about morality is true. And we get called bigot. 
hateful. All of those things. What Jesus' words here tell us, we're not to be afraid of human beings because one of these days it will all be revealed. One of these days we will be vindicated. The truth will be known. We may be pointed to as hateful bigots today, but one day the truth will be known and we'll be vindicated. That's the first reason Jesus gives for why we don't need to be afraid. The second reason Jesus gives for why we don't need to be afraid. Don't be afraid because while persecutors may hurt our bodies, we will raise to eternal life. I'll begin in verse 27. He says, What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear will be proclaimed, uh, what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetop. Now what I think he's saying here is be bold. Be bold. What I'm telling you in secret, now Jesus often, you know, remember he was in his ministry, he'd tell people after he healed them, no, don't go tell anybody, right? There was a secrecy there before he went to the cross. And so while what Jesus was telling them in secret, he was telling them so that they would then after the cross and after they were filled with the Spirit, that they would go out and proclaim it on the housetops. They would not literally necessarily get up on a housetop, although maybe that would be a good place to speak from where people could see you. They would go and proclaim it everywhere. They were to be bold. Now, I think what this is doing is in the first verse here, he's telling don't be afraid. And then now this is telling us be bold. Don't be afraid, but be bold. And then he follows this up. Do not fear those who kill the body. If they don't like what we're saying, and like Stephen, want to drag us out of town and stone us, don't fear what they can do to the body, but instead, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Now, he's not talking about the devil. The devil can't throw anybody into hell. He's talking about God. Fear him who can throw both body and soul into hell. The Bible um, tells us over and over and over again, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, fear not. You can see throughout all of Scripture, and I've, I've, I've read somewhere that if you, uh, if you count up all the times that the Bible tells us, don't be afraid. There's 365 of them. So we've got one for every single day of the year. But whenever it's telling us, don't be afraid, it's saying, don't be afraid of man. Don't be afraid of man. Don't be afraid to do what I've called you to. Don't be afraid of what people might do to you. That is what God is saying whenever He says, don't be afraid. But the Scriptures also tell us about a healthy fear of God. Knowing that the God of the universe is our judge and we will one day stand before Him at the judgment. That's who we ought to be afraid of. Now, believer, if we're trusting in Jesus, we don't have a, 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 a dread, a dreadful fear. But we do have a fear like we would have a fear of of a good father. A, A father that we know loves us 
And we don't want to disappoint Him. And, and we don't want to do anything that would displease Him or incur His discipline. The fear of God is intended for believers to keep us on the straight and narrow. To keep us following the right path. It is a means where He keeps us on the straight and narrow. But we don't have to dread Him. He is also a Father who loves us. And we see this in another, text, in another um, verse right here. Verses 29 through 31. We'll go ahead and look at that. Verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And, are not, and not yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are of more value than many sparrows. Here, Jesus is making an argument from the lesser to the greater. From the lesser to the greater. He's saying, look at these sparrows. They're just worth a couple of pennies. And yet God cares for them. These little things that don't seem to matter much at all. These little sparrows. And yet his eye is on the sparrow. You know the song? He cares. Not a single sparrow falls to the ground without God knowing about it. Not a single bird out in the deepest, darkest jungle of Africa falls to the ground without God knowing about it. And what Jesus here is doing, he's arguing from the lesser to the greater, and he's saying, if God cares even about sparrows, don't be afraid. God cares about you. So we have these reasons that Jesus is giving us. We don't have to be afraid. We're, we don't have to be afraid because one of these days we'll be vindicated that the last judgment, when Jesus comes again, everyone will see and will be vindicated. We, we don't have to be afraid because we, and we can be bold because while persecutors may hurt our bodies, we will be raised to a new life one day. We will be raised to live with Him and reign forever and ever with Him. And we don't have to be afraid because if God cares for even the birds, He cares about us. Amen? And then the last one in verses 32 and 33, Jesus tells us we don't have to be afraid to acknowledge God because He will acknowledge us before men in return, or before the Father in return. Verse 32, so everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will, I will acknowledge, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But everyone who denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Why don't we need to be afraid to acknowledge him, to stand up and say, yes, I'm a Christian like Polycarp. When we stand up, and say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus in spite of the fact that people may call us names, in spite of the fact that people might say, how can you believe in a virgin birth and a resurrection from the dead? How can you believe in those things? That doesn't happen. People will call us 
people who believe, like, like uh, uh, Richard Dawkins, the famous atheist, says, people will say, we believe in some kind of a flying spaghetti monster. No. We believe in the God who created the heavens and the earth. And when we stand up and we say, and we're not afraid to admit it, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. We have a promise that he will acknowledge us before the Father in heaven one day. He will not cast us out. The last verse there, but whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. That's a scary verse. What happens? If we get to that moment, we would all like to think that, you know, Somebody puts a gun to our head and says, are you a Christian? We would say, yes, I'm a Christian. And we would just take whatever happens. We would all like to think that. What happens? What we think would happen is often not what would happen whenever we find ourselves in the experience. What happens? You know, I I think something is uh, encouraging here. If we think about it, Jesus is addressing his disciples here. And one of those disciples that was in the midst of the audience was Peter. And Peter, he proclaimed, Jesus, if, if everybody else denies you, I won't. I'll follow you to the death, Peter says. And yet Jesus tells him, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. And Jesus was right. It happened. What does that mean for Peter? Jesus here says, whoever, uh, whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father is in heaven. Peter, after the resurrection, was met by Jesus. And Jesus restored him. Jesus asked him, do you love me? Peter said, oh yes, you know I love you. Do you love me? Oh yes, Jesus, you know I love you. Do you love me? Peter said, oh yes. And Jesus told him, feed my sheep. You know what? I think what that teaches us is that even when we mess up, there is still hope. There was hope for Peter. He denied Jesus three times. Jesus here says, but whoever denies me before men, also I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Maybe we've messed up. We feel like we've done something that we just can't be forgiven of. There is still hope. There is still hope until we either die or Jesus comes again. I think what we should understand that is whoever denies me before men ultimately. Who, can, who denies and continues to deny until it's too late. But for the one who repents, the gospel is enough. 
that each one of us can be forgiven. So, to sum it all up today, this text is telling us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, William Cooper was one of the poets of uh, the 17th century, uh, 18th century, I'm sorry, uh, among, among believers in, in, uh, in um, England. He said, uh, one, in one of his songs, he says, You fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are filled with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. It's in the song, uh, God Moves in Mysterious Ways. We don't have to be afraid because when we are reviled, we will be vindicated. We don't have to be afraid because though our bodies may be hurt, we have a resurrection to look forward to. We don't have to be afraid of being poor because our Father cares for our every need. And we don't have to be afraid to stand up and say, yes, I follow Jesus. Because one day He will acknowledge us in return. I want to say one more thing. We're not saved by being brave. We're not saved by standing up and saying, yes, I'm a Christian. We're not saved by any of those things. We're saved because Jesus died and rose again and offered eternal life to everyone who would believe. But these are our words that we can have comfort in as believers when we have trusted in Him. When we are afraid because of the things in our lives, because of persecution that may come. It doesn't keep us saved. Jesus is perfectly capable of holding us in His hands. But He speaks these words of comfort to us. Don't be afraid, my child. I've got you. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.